33. Matthew 14, 22-33. The word of our Lord from the gospel says, And immediately... Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while, they, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So Jesus said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked out on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him, and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they had gotten into the boat, the wind ceased, and those who were in the boat came came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray. Set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins and our doubts. Give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We pray this in His name, who lives and reigns with you and the Unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The disciples, per Jesus' request, got in the boat. They got in the boat, they got out into the water on the sea. We have presented to us a story that is filled with profanity. You're thinking, wait a minute, I didn't catch those, those words. Profane, remember in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew mind, profane means it's common. You have that which is holy, and you have that which is common. And I say this story is filled with profanity, just to kind of push some buttons, because it's filled with commonness. We've become so familiar with a text like this, that we miss what's there. That we miss the significance of it, we miss the importance of it. We typically picture in our minds... Some cartoon picture of the, 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 the boat, you know, this big round boat that's on the water and there's some waves and there's this cartoon looking Jesus walking out on the water. And we think of it as kind of a, a cute little story. We've made it a common thing. We've become so familiar with it that it really means nothing to us. We, are, we, we miss the shock that we ought to experience when we come across a text like this. The disciples are in a boat. 
they're out in the sea, and the sea's waves are kicking up against the boat. They're terrified. This is the cause for abject terror in the ancient Near Eastern world. The sea was a monstrosity. It was big. It was untamable. It was something that you dared not venture out into unless you must by necessity. It was a source of concern. Some of us are equally terrified about boarding a plane and getting up into the sky. The sea is uncontrollable. It's the uncertain. And in a sea like the Sea of Galilee in the ancient Near Eastern world, you can have winds that come in almost in an instant. And you can have waves in troubling waters instantaneously. The disciples are experiencing real fear. This is not just some cute story that they fondly tell. This is a story of real concern for them. This is something that happened in their lives that shook them to their core. They were terrified. You know, fear can be deadly. For fear causes paralysis. Sometimes in our lives we are faced with our fears and we don't know what to do so we do nothing. We don't know what to say, we say nothing. We don't know how to respond to life circumstances and so we just kind of hunker down and do nothing. The text tells us that they're out in the boat, they're out on the water, and it's dark. It's the middle of the night. Jesus sent away the multitudes, those that had been following, those that had been fed by the fish and loaves. He sends them away and he's off by himself praying and suddenly it's the middle of the night. Ah, those disciples are out in the sea. And so you add to the fact that these disciples are in a state of concern. They're out on the sea. It's the middle of the night. The wind has risen up and the waves are beating against the boat. They're terrified. And then add to this the possibility that they think there's a ghost. Now talk about all of our fears being compounded all at once. We're in a troubling situation. We can't control it. We've got no control in life. It's, it's not a pleasant time to be there. It's dark. We're scared. And now we think we've seen a ghost. Now that's kind of humorous to me. Even though it's not a funny story in the Gospels. It's not some cute little story. But here they cry out, It's a ghost! What else could it be? No one walks on water. They're in the middle of the sea. It's pitch black dark. Of course it's not an embodied walking person. This is some disembodied spirit walking around in the waters. Jesus speaks to them and says, Fear not. It is I. Peter has the audacity then to say, Lord, if it's really you out there, bid me step out of the boat and come to you. That seems crazy. This is a story filled 
filled with profanity in the sense that it is so commonplace to us we think nothing of it and we miss the fear of this story. It is a story that is filled with terror, real and certain concern. And it is a story that is filled with an awful lot of gumption. Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, just tell me come out of the boat and I'll do it. It's almost like, you remember uh, a Christmas story? I think it plays typically on TBS all throughout Advent season and all, you know, on Christmas Day. You remember the triple dog dare and the kid ends up with his tongue stuck to the, uh, to the flagpole outside of the schoolhouse? And this is almost like a triple dog dare from, from Peter. Lord, if it's really you, you just say the word and I'll get out of this boat and I'll come to you. Jesus' word to Peter is a single word, come. All right then, get on out. This is a very audacious request from Peter. The gumption, the, 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 the courage, the audacity that he would say, Lord, Lord, tell me to get out of the boat. I'll come out there and walk on the water just like you're doing. This story is filled with a, a variety of, of people groups. A variety of people. You have the multitudes that are mentioned kind of in passing. Those are the, the, the folks that have been following Jesus. Big swarming crowds of people have been following Jesus. Because here's this rabbi. He's called his disciples. And here he's doing the miraculous. Doing all sorts of signs and wonders. What's going on out here? He, he fed the multitudes. And Jesus sends them away. You've got the twelve who are all piled into the boat. Jesus' close disciples. Those that He's investing His every day in. And then you've got Peter. The one with the gumption to call out to Jesus. Tell me to get out of the boat and I'll do it. This is just like Peter. You, know, you've, you remember all those stories of Peter. He's the one that you know, says what everybody else is thinking. Uh, but he says it before, before he's thought about it. He's the one that... that Puts his foot in his mouth a lot of times. He's the one that at the mountain of trans transfiguration, he thought, well, this is kind of an awkward situation. I'll say something. Hey, Lord, tell us to build some tents. We'll do it. Okay? Peter's always the one that's talking. He's always the one that's, that's, that's running his mouth. He's always the one that's throwing himself out there. But Jesus loves Peter. I think Jesus is probably amused by his gumption, but he also appreciates his gumption. Jesus' response to Peter then is just as audacious as Peter's request. Jesus says, okay, come. You know how the story goes. Peter gets out of the boat. He's doing well at first. First few strides are kind of like uh, kind of like the coyote on uh, the the uh, the cartoons. He runs out off the cliff. He gets a gets a good distance until he double takes and realizes what's going on, and he collapses. Peter gets out of that boat. He's he's walking to his Lord. Everything's going well, and then he notices the wind and the waves. He notices, oh my goodness, this is cause for panic, and he starts to panic. 
and he starts to sink and he cries out, Lord, save me. Save me. I can't tell you how many sermons I've heard preached on this text. And I can't tell you how many of those have basically said Peter was an idiot. He should have stayed in his boat. He should have kept his mouth shut. He had no business asking Jesus to get out on the water. Jesus is the Lord. He's the one walking on the water. What in the world is, is Peter thinking? Stay in the boat. Keep your mouth shut. Stick around with the other disciples. I don't think that's the point of this text. This text is not, it's not about failure. This text is not about what would have been and yet didn't happen. This text is about courage. It is about boldness. It is about brokenness. It's about need. It's about trust. But it's not about failure. It is not about Peter's lack of faith. It is about what could happen if one really had that type of audacious faith that Peter had. See, Peter's not the silly character in this story. I think the 11 that remain in the boat, they're the silly characters in the story. How in the world are you one of the 11 and you're sitting in the boat thinking, this is safe? Yeah, the waters are terrible. Yeah, this boat looks like it's about to sink, but at least we've got something to hold on to. We're sinking. And then Peter climbs out and starts walking on the water. How do you remain in the boat and think, what's he doing? These disciples, they're the ones that lacked courage. They're the ones that lacked the audacity, the moxie that Peter had. They're too easily content and they're too easily paralyzed in their fear. Again, this is a story that's far, far too familiar to us. Because we know what happens, we think, ah, it's not that big of a deal. But think of it. Jesus asked Peter to do something that seemed impossible. Have you ever walked on water? I never have. I've seen the kind of sarcastic, jabbing Christian bumper stickers on minivans like ours that say, next time you think you're perfect, try walking on water, which... It just seems silly, but no, I've never walked on water. If you were to ask me to do it, I'd say that's crazy, that's impossible. I might would offer the caveat that, you know, supposing the Lord was in it, okay, it could be possible. But what that means and what that underscores is the fact that otherwise it is impossible. Jesus told Peter to do the impossible. You know, Jesus often 
asks us to do the impossible. There are some circumstances in life that we find ourselves in where to do the right thing is just impossible. To do what has to be done can't be done. Or so it seems. Lord, there's no way. You can probably think of circumstances that you found yourself in. You can probably think of circumstances that you find yourself in right now that you think, what in the world am I going to do? How can I do what has to be done? Sometimes we think that what's being asked of us is well above our pay grade. Sometimes we think that what's being asked of us is beyond our skill set. We're not prepared for it. We're too old. We're too young. We're too ill-equipped. We've got too much going on already. It's impossible, Lord. I can't do it. And we are those other 11 disciples who remain in the boat. Who say, circumstances are terrible, but at least we're sitting on a piece of wood. At least we're riding the pine. We've got something stable under our feet. What would it mean for us you and me, to get out of the boat. What would that look like? I think as disciples of Jesus, getting out of the boat means a number of things, but I think it plainly means getting beyond those elementals of what it means to be a Christian. Getting beyond just Bible reading and spending time in prayer. We think our lives as disciples of Jesus are about how much time we spend in the Word and how much time we spend communicating words to the eternal Word. We think our Christian lives are measured by how much we get into the Scriptures and not how much the Scriptures get into us. We think our lives are measured by the whether we can be disciplined enough to read and pray early or the last thing we do before we go to bed. And I'm not, I'm not uh, dismissing those at all. I'm saying those are basic things. We ought to be reading the Scriptures. We ought to be praying. If we aren't, we can never expect that we're going to do anything related to getting out of the boat and following Jesus when He says come. Getting out of the boat means growing up in our faith. Faith is not some private thing that we keep to ourselves. It's about being disciples and following the one who says come. 
The fact is we don't like risk. Risk worries us. Those things that you worry about are things that you feel you cannot control. You can't control risk. That's called chance. Life, though, not just life, but living, is full of risk. Every day you and I face countless risks. But we don't like that. We like to secure ourselves against risk. We like our boats. They provide a a level of comfort, security, a little bit of stability. Because when the waves beat against the boat, we at least know we've got the boat, right? We may drown, but by golly, we're at least going to go down holding on to something. Sometimes the risk, sometimes what Christ calls us to do, those risks He calls us to take, involve getting into the boat in the first place. The multitudes weren't in the boat. The multitudes were headed back home to go lie down in their beds and lay their heads on their pillows. They had been fed miraculously. They had sought out Jesus. In fact, the next day they will go and seek out Jesus. But their faith in Christ doesn't doesn't lead them to go and get in the boat and become a disciple. They're content to be part of the crowd. They like being the audience. They just want to see what's happening. And so sometimes the word of Christ comes to us and says simply, come. And that means we need to get ourselves into the boat. Because not everyone that calls on the name of the Lord is in the boat. Consider yourself part of Jesus' audience doesn't make you His disciple. Sometimes when we're in the boat, the Word of Christ comes to us and says, Come, and it means it's time to get out of the boat and take a little bit more risk. Usually, 
It's the getting that gets us. It's the actual activity of getting into the boat that worries us. It's the actual getting up and out of the boat that really gets us. I wonder if there was any regret in Matthew's telling of this story. Tradition tells us that Matthew wrote this first gospel. He was one of the ones sitting in the boat when Peter got out. I wonder what he's thinking when he pins this. Is he thinking, man, that crazy Peter, yeah. He was a knucklehead. He, he said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me. I'll get out of this boat. Man, he was, started sinking. It was funny. Or I wonder if he was perhaps thinking, what would it have been like had I been that audacious to, to get up out of the boat? I could have walked on water. Maybe just for a few steps, but I could have walked on water. I could have then, even while sinking, even while, quote, failing, I could have been the one who, while flailing, cries out, Lord, save me. And I would have been the one that Jesus would have immediately grabbed a hold of and said, come on, buddy. Don't doubt. Yes, sometimes Jesus makes demands of us that seem impossible. Sometimes He invites us to come and do that which is completely undoable. But He's there. I'm struck by a number of things in the passage that because it's so familiar to us, we often miss. We miss the fact that you've got the presence of Jesus there. The disciples are uncertain. They're in the middle of a boat. The, the waves are kicking up against the boat. It's a terrible storm. They're terrified. It's the middle of the night. They think now that they've seen a ghost, and what they found is the presence of Jesus. We forget that far too often. And then what we have is the voice of Jesus. Fear not, it is I. Don't be afraid. Come, Peter. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And we also have here in this text the hands of Jesus. As Peter's sinking, as he cries out, Lord, save me. Matthew tells us Jesus reaches out his hands and grabs a hold of Peter. When we are in the midst of impossibility, we should look for his presence. We should listen for His voice. And we should wait for His hands. You and I sometimes face the impossible 
And sometimes Christ makes a demand of us that we think it cannot be done. I can't do it. Lord, you've got the wrong guy. I'm not ready for this. But he says, come. Let's pray. Father,